Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series, where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today, our guest is Jessica Hayes. Jessica is a remodeling contractor with eight years of experience in the trade. Jessica, how'd you get started? Um, my husband started our business as a remodeling business, and I always joke, but he was really desperate for additional labor. And so he asked me to join him and I kind of hit the ground running eight years ago. Okay. So he, he was looking for, the, looking for the closest <laughs> body and, uh, yeah. and he was, oh, hey, oh, hey, yeah. we met in the hallway oh, and here you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I always joke, like he was like, come on, just do it. What do we have to lose? And it, it was a, he already had a pretty successful business. And so it just made sense that I started helping him and we kind of merged and made it a family thing. So before you started working with him, did you have any experience with like hand tools and, and doing all this stuff? Or did you just start learning alongside him eight years ago? So I was, I'm an army veteran and I was an engineer okay. in the army. So we worked a lot with hand tools. We were out in the field all the time. So I was familiar with hand. I mean, I, and I've always enjoyed working with my hands and producing things. Right. Um, and so I did have a little bit of experience from the army that I transferred over, but um, funny story is before I started, I was actually doing hair. I was, I'm a licensed cosmetologist. So, I mean, I, I, I love working with my hands. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way it falls into the same category of a skilled trade, uh, yes. just in a, in a different way. So tell me, yes. I, I'd love to know kind of from, uh, kind of from a pros and cons list, what, what is different about, there's the obvious differences in this, in, uh, interior remodeling and, uh, and hairstyling. But uh, what is it that you love more about working with uh, remodeling than doing hairstyling? Remodeling is a bigger scale, obviously. Okay. You know, yeah. you start from something. Hair is also, there's a lot of critical thinking in doing hair as well. You know, yeah. coloring. And I actually watched uh, your TikTok, Nicole, about when you went and got your hair done. And you were talking to your, your hairstylist about, you know, salary compensation and how do you yeah. structure your own business in that way. Um, but it is a lot of the same. It's critical thinking. You're working, you're producing things, you're problem solving, working with your hands all day. Um, and so remodeling is very similar in the way that it's just a bigger scale, right? Yeah. In the time period, obviously evolves a lot longer, but there are a lot of pros. It's a lot of hardworking, um, people out there doing it. You're on your feet all day. Um, you know, it's the con I think to remodeling, versus hair is it is a much bigger scale. So there's a lot more moving parts that you have to manage and problem solve on a bigger mm -hmm. scale. Okay. Well, let, let's, so let's go back real quick. So you started as a, you started in the military, you were in the military and you were an engineer right. in the military. And I assume there's um, a certain amount of training, obviously that you get that's hands-on through the military. And some of that includes um, what aspects were those? So we were a bridge and I was a bridge engineer. And so uh, we did do a tour in Iraq. And so we built these huge galvanized bridges that are still in place today. So there's a lot of, you know, obviously you have the head engineer that's directing and planning, but there's a lot of, you know, the center of gravity and building sway braces and understanding the structure of the bridge that can withstand a lot of weight and what, what weight rating is it. So there's a lot of those elements and even just, you know, the type of, pins that you're using, the sledgehammer, you know, the decking, all of those things, you're using all these hand tools. And obviously you're taking commands from the head engineer up top, but you do have a lot of thinking there as far as like 
you know, you understand the severity of putting it together the correct way and using the right tools and using the right, um, you know, equipment to get you to that final result. And the remodeling you're doing today, is it residential or industrial commercial or both? Residential. Okay. And you were on an episode of Tough as Nails, right? The CBS show? Yeah. So I was a... Yeah, I was a contestant on CBS Tough as Nails in season five. So I was one of the 12 tradespeople that got to compete against uh, each other for 200. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. What was that like? Um, It was amazing. It was really awesome. You know, you get to put your skills to the test. So there's a bunch of different fields that people come from. And we are putting, we're doing exercises that aren't, exclusive to the skill set that we learned, but it's a trade. So for example, one episode, we were in an apple orchard and we had to pound pickets and it was like, who could set 30 pickets and string up sapling trees the quickest to a standard. And so it's not a trade exclusive to us, but it's tradespeople doing other trades and competing at the same time. So you're not even competing about what skill you have in particular. It's you're competing against the ability to do that critical thinking aspect and uh, problem solving and efficiency and and using the tools available at your disposal. It has nothing to do with your actual skills. They want to know how quickly you can learn a skill. That's exactly right. Um, And Phil Kogan, Ah. he does the amazing race. So Phil Kogan and his wife actually created this show and developed it for that exact reason. You know, I think it's, he understands the importance of tradespeople and how critical thinking, I mean, we're masters at critical thinking. We have to be, yeah. and we have to be willing to adapt. And he understands that. And so what's really awesome is he took that concept and made it a TV show and you get to see all of this play out. It's amazing. Yeah. You were like, no sweat, everybody. Like I, uh, I built bridges in Iraq under fire. I got this, <laughs> I can yeah. handle a, uh, so I yeah. can handle some of this orchard stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, I think a key component too, and one of the reasons why we all were even selected to be on the show is because we are tradespeople, but we're all really hardworking. And you'll find that across the trades. You know, if you're committed to the trades and you love what you do, I guarantee you, you have that hardworking aspect mindset. And that's what makes us successful. And you'll see that a lot of these challenges are just strictly hard work. Talk to us a little bit about, now I don't know anything about, um, so if you have your license, I assume you have to get your license through the state as an independent contractor? So unfortunately, the state of Texas does not regulate contractor's license. So you can, Uh it's optional. Um, And so in the state of Texas, you do not have to have a contractor's license, which has its pros and its cons. So there's really no standard as far as contractors in the state of Texas. Oh, it's that's not the only state that way. Yeah. So we work in uh, apprenticeships uh, in my, my day job and uh, every state has its own rules. Some of them are very strict and some of them are very strict for certain trades and not others. Uh, and then right. some of them just are, it's, it, they're not strict at all. So, and they do, it does have its pros and cons for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's got its pros because it keeps the regulation and the standards at a certain level. Um, you know, and there's definitely the cons that it, there is no regulation. So you know, unfortunately, we've had to go behind people with a lower standard and kind yeah. of fix because there's no regulation there. So unfortunately, that's not. And, 
in even in Austin, there's not a lot of unions. There's not a lot of carpenter union. You know, there's just not a, a lot of that here. And so, you know, you'll find that the standards across the board are really high, but also, unfortunately, really low. Yeah. Sure. That's exactly what I what I was curious about. Ultimately, is that like how often do you have to go clean up someone else's mess? I suppose if you know. <laughs> yeah, it, and it happens. You know, it happens a lot uh, more than you'd like to think. And I think that. A lot of it comes with experience. You know, we've been in the field long enough to know, and we have a reputable business. And so people, you know, you can Google us and find our reputation online, which is a great asset to have. But unfortunately, there's some people that don't carry that same reputation. And, you know, it follows them wherever they go. And so we get to go uh, fix it. That's where the world of reviews has really come in handy. And, and I've seen Look, I, I've seen uh, states that have pretty stringent licensing requirements, and you, there's still plenty of scenarios where you have to go behind somebody and clean up uh, and yeah. uh, fix what somebody messed up. So, uh, yeah, you know. exactly. Unfortunately, right. it does it does happen, and I think in in a way it highlights the people that are doing great things, you know. But unfortunately, there is that scenario where people are taken advantage of, and in that's where the waters get a little murky as far as the reputation even of tradespeople, you know, um, you know, they classify to one group and then um, they classify people into one group when really there's, there's a lot of different people in there and there's tradespeople that are phenomenal at what they do, you know, and those are what we need to be talking about. So are you working, okay, let's say you get a contract with someone. Are you working um, mostly with electrical, mostly with, you know, drywall, mostly with, what are what aspects are, are you working on normally? So we are, 95% of our business is just kitchen remodels. So we work exclusively with one cabinet company. So we're responsible for everything but the cabinets and the countertops. So we do the site layout, we do the demo the sheetrock, the electrical, the plumbing, um, the tile, the appliance set, we do all of that. So um, some of the work we do sub out to uh, license, um, license industries, but for the most of it, we're doing uh, the work. Okay. And you just kind of have, have taught yourself, your husband and, and yourself have taught yourselves over time just to kind of, oh, okay, we, we've dealt with this before and we've learned this. So that this time we know, like, let's make it better here. Let's work on this. And now we're doing tile and now we're doing, you know, all this. Yeah. So, oh, you know, in remodeling, I, I jokingly said you, you're a jack of all trades, master of none, right? So, it's right. Like, you know, you figure out, you learn to adapt and We've never been into one house that's exactly the same as the other, right? So somebody, you know, if somebody did the kitchen in the 60s or the house was built in the 70s, somebody's tinkered with it over the course of time. So you're like trying to troubleshoot things, trying to figure out where stuff goes, you know, taking down walls. We do a lot of beam setting, stuff like that. And, you know, it is a lot of learning and adapting and learning over time, you know, what works best, how to proceed with things. And my husband and I are really good at problem solving and troubleshooting. And I feel like that's where we become more successful is because we're willing to adapt, learn, make the mistake, fix it, and then and learn from it and go on to the next one. 
I'm I'm grinning like an idiot over here because I'm just <laughs> picturing what would happen if you came in my house right now, because my <laughs> husband and I are very good at problem identifying, not necessarily <laughs> problem solving. And uh, we are not like we we do a lot of D, DIY around here for this house. But our house is 1979, and yeah. uh, and we're like just skilled enough to be dangerous. So if somebody with actual skills came along behind us, they would they would point out to people be like, I don't know what they were thinking here. You know, <laughs> you know, right now our, our laundry room is down to the subfloor. Uh, we have a new it's it's our new project. Uh, but then we also stopped to do built ins uh, in the oh, library, nice. the, the living room area. Yeah. No, they're all going to stay just like that uh, for <laughs> several months until we yeah. find somebody like you who lives uh <laughs> um, we're in the DC area. So I just, yeah, the critical, the problem solving aspect of it, you know, I think a lot of people think, and this is what happens when you watch these shows as well. It's like, I could do that. Right. Yeah. The ability to think through a problem and understand how you would do that. If you could do that, I think a lot of people can do that part of it. Right. Well, right. well I would do it this way. Once you actually get into it and you actually get to the execution part of it, that's where yeah. actual critical thinking comes in. Uh, yeah. Not the the hypothetical, theoretical. <laughs> like, no, listen. I let me let me tell you. I'd have it done in three days. Um, that's where well, most of us did. So I'm very impressed yeah. by you. <laughs> Thank you. And I think reality TV kind of doesn't show that part of it as much. Is like there's a lot of, you know, it's something as easy as someone's like, oh, I want a light fixture over here, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how do I get over there? Like, your your house is finished, and you just want me to put a light there. Like, it's something where in your mind it's great, but the execution of it, you're like, this is going to be uh, crazy. And they're like, just patch the sheetrock. I'm like, oh, God, that's another two days of work. You know, there's just so many things where you're like, yes, exactly. I We appreciate the effort from homeowners, but... um you know, the reality is sometimes it's a little bit harder than just like a quick YouTube video. Would, would you say that's the hardest part of your job is expectation management from homeowners? Oh, yes. And we've learned that over the course of time. Like if you set the boundary from the beginning, then they're like, I'm like, well, I did tell you we were going to try really hard. <laughs> but um, but yeah, managing expectations is a big thing, especially in remodeling, because you know, the dream is here, but reality is how do how do you evolve and make that into and make it come to fruition when really in remodeling, there's so many variables. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many things behind the walls that you don't know that when you go to give an estimate, you know, somebody could have screwed that up 20 years ago and now you're fixing that, you're repairing it. <laughs> you're trying to like figure out how do we get to that end result. And so there is a lot of problem solving and managing expectations. Sure, someone thinks like, hey, we'll just take this wall down. And then you're, you're like, wait a minute, that's load bearing. Uh, we got a real problem here now, you know? Yeah. And so I even watched a video. Um, of course, social media makes it look all pretty. Um, but I even watched a video where this girl and her husband did it. And, you know, they opened up and they just like opened up the wall. And me and my husband are watching. We're like, no, like that's load. You know, you could just tell structurally. You're like, oh, let's just take this wall. And I'm like, no stop you know there's there's a lot of people that don't have the education or the experience to know what they're doing um and i think where people also get hung up is they don't know who to call when they do encounter those problems you know like it's such a vast pool out there of contractors and so it's like they want this done they try it and they're like oh crap what have we done 
you know, now who do we call? Where do we get started on that point too? On, right. on that note, what would you recommend to those people? Because I'm, again, I'm in that camp. So if, yeah. say, for example, you mess something up and now you're like, you know what, we yeah. really should bring in professionals. Where do you even start? Because like you said, the all, they're not all created. Not, the quality is not all equal. Yeah, I definitely think asking friends, like go from okay. a reputable okay. source. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, they may have done a smaller project or, you know, somebody ask a couple people of their perception or, you know, make sure you get it from a source. A lot of people just go online and they're like, even on, you know, there's some neighborhood groups and they're like, I need a contractor. And then people are submitting themselves or, you know, neighbors like this person cleaned my carpet. I'm sure he could do your electrical, you know, those kinds of things. But I would absolutely take a reference from friends, um, you know, they know if they've had them work in their home before or they know them personally. You know, I think that's that's a great way to start because, you know, they're going to show up, interview them. I hate to say that, you know, yeah. even just give them a phone call, see how the energy is on the phone. You know, are they willing to take your phone call? Are they being responsive? You know, sometimes people will call us. We don't get back to them immediately, but that's because we're working. But just feel it out in in call a couple different people, you know, mm -hmm. get a price from a couple different people because one could be really high. One could be really low. Um, but take personal references from, from friends and people, you know, because that will be a great indicator of their quality of work and their standards really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of estimates, um, you, how often are you running into the issue of course of, of, of expectations that are completely unreasonable by people? I imagine that happens a lot, right? Someone's like, Hey, can we get this done for 10 grand? You're like, that's a $400,000 project. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really become a problem, especially um, in Austin. You know, I'm sure it's a problem everywhere, but in Austin, a lot of people can't afford to move. So they're, they've been in their home for 30 years and they're like, okay, I got a budget of 20,000. I want a brand new kitchen with all new appliances. And you're like, that's just not going to work. Oh, and you have to take this beam out, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of things where people get frustrated because of the cost of things. But if you're looking for a quality of work, you're, you're willing to pay for that quality of work because it'll save you on the back end, the hassle of it being poorly done. Um, but uh, we do run into the problem where people are like, I'm sorry, it's just out of our budget. Let's check back. Let's circle back in a year. Let's save our money and we'll come back to it at a different time. But I definitely think that the budget has changed over time. You know, the cost of materials, the cost of good, the cost to do business is a lot higher. And so unfortunately, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, you probably could get a new kitchen for $20,000. But now, I mean, you're probably looking anywhere from 50 to $70,000 you know, somewhere along that line with all new appliances, all new cabinetry, all new countertops, uh, that kind of scale. I feel like I could do it myself. I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> oh my God, I love you. Let me say, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about a day in the life. If somebody's like, you know, I feel like, you know, yeah. I, I know, and it could change every single day and I'm sure, but you wake up and in general, I know it's a different day every single day, but what, what types of things would somebody be running into? I'm picturing the person out there who's like, man, I love, they love remodeling their own home. They actually do a lot of DIY stuff. They find that they're quite good mm -hmm. at it and they have kind of a passion for it. And they're thinking, maybe I want to do this for a career. What would they expect yeah. going, what could they expect going into it? 
So we're, we own our own business. And so yep. a day in the life of us, we're solely responsible for all the materials getting to the job, all the different tools that you need for all the different avenues. So a day in the life is packing the truck in the first, first thing in the morning, you pack mm-hmm. the truck, you go to Home Depot, pick up your materials, and then you go to the job site and execute that specific task for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I do love about remodeling is it's always changing. So you're mm-hmm. always using different tools. You're always using different materials. You know, sometimes you ha- like today I have to go pick up a bunch of uh, waterproofing for a bathroom that we're working on, you know, so it, it changes every day, which is great. But there is that that part where you're like, oh, crap, I forgot the tile saw today. Now I got to go back home, get the tile saw. You know, there's a lot of responsibility on that part to making sure you're prepared for everything. Yeah. And for us, when we're at the job site, we don't like to leave because it just slows down the productivity. Mm-hmm. So you just, in remodeling, I will say the biggest thing is just being prepared for everything. So you wake up, you load the truck, you get your materials, and then, yeah. And you have to be very regimented on, then you have to know what the next step is to be able to make that happen. Right. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. This all sounds pretty exciting to tell you the truth and, and you, your energy, but it is kind of contagious as far as like, oh, the problem solving all, all these nightmares is actually awesome. So, um, <laughs> so those yeah. are some of the, those are both obviously pros and cons, but are, is there right. anything else that you would specifically want to get out there to the, to people watching that is like, this is a clear pro, you know, whatever it may be, I, we get to work for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah. this is one of the major cons. Um, So one of the biggest pros, and I think where remodeling contracting is great is for people that are in other fields of in the trades, right? So HVAC technicians, plumbers, electricians, sometimes people are strictly project managers. But if you have a little bit of that critical thinking, I think that remodeling is such a good skill because you can use that trained skill that you have, but then you can adapt and grow a business just from being really good at critical thinking and problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in the trades and you're really good at what you do, I really think people need to open their eyes to remodeling because it's such a good, it's such a good, fun, ever-changing field. It's so fun. Um, I think the major con for us is we are a small business, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. It's a lot mm-hmm. of hard work, and you know you're solely responsible for the work. You're solely responsible for shaking down jobs, for paying your taxes, you know, for doing all those things that are associated with having your own company. Um, you know, we, it's just me and my husband. We have a couple of people that help us, but it gives us the freedom to do other things, but yeah. it also locks us down. Like if we are not working, we are not paying our bills. So yeah, right. that's a pro and a con. But remodeling is just, we both love remodeling. We've been doing it long enough that we have the experience. Um, But I definitely recommend it to anybody, you know, really. It's just, even if you're fresh to the trades, even if you don't know where to go, start remodeling. And a lot of people have started in remodeling and then evolved to, I just want to do plumbing. You know, like that's my favorite part of remodeling. Why don't I just do that part instead of doing the drywall, the tile and stuff like that? Um, you know, so there's good and bads coming from both ways. Is there an, is there an artistic requirement to being a good remodeler or, or no, like, do you need to be able to have that interior? Yeah. And I, and I am 
I love that part of my job. I love it. I can see things. I can see how they evolve. I can, when the she rocks off and the walls are opened, that's when I do my best design. You know, yeah. I do a yeah. lot of that work in customers come to me with those issues because I've seen every kitchen, every design, every material I've worked with, I've done different colors. And so you do for me personally in, in, in my company, that is one of my sole responsibilities. You know, it's like, if you have a design question, you can come to me because I know, first of all, behind the walls, is it even possible? And then if it is possible, I will be able to tell you, no, that's not going to look good. Or yeah, let's move it a little bit to the right. And then it'll, it'll be, you know, in proportionate to the cabinets, you know? So there's different things where having that eye is helpful, but you don't have to have it. I think it's one of the benefits that we offer in our company because, you know, we're there on site willing to help and understand the design part, but I'm rambling, but I will say that females tend to have a better eye for those things. (laughs) And that's why, you know, uh, even being on the television show and doing this and talking to people, even at Home Depot, you know, I talk to people all the time and I talk to females a lot and I'm like, go, go do, do the work, you know, (laughs) go be in the trades. If that's something that you love, because we have the eye, we have the eye, we have the dexterity. We have, you know, there's so many things that we as females are really good at that would be such an asset to, (laughs) uh, you know, the remodeling industry, you know, and it doesn't like, if you're a female in the industry, you don't have to be just the designer, do the work too. learn how to do the work that's involved. If you want to recommend a wallpaper, okay. Do you know how to install the wallpaper? Let's start there. Why don't you learn how to prep something for wallpaper? Just something as simple as that will already set you ahead and get your foot in the door to learn other skills in the residential remodeling field. Cool. Don't worry, crew. Guys are good at things too. Sorry, crew. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're very good. I know. I hate to like put put them on blast, but um, That's, I mean, I I hear. But, you know, it's uh, it's. I think it's worth saying because I do think that when people hear skilled trades, they they always think, oh, that's a, that's a dude's world, and it's yeah. it's. We've interviewed so many uh, female tradespeople, and it's not even necessarily in kind of cliche female roles. Uh, I mean, cliches become cliches for a reason. I get that. Uh, But, you know, we work, my industry is commercial HVAC, and there are women who are becoming excellent controls technicians. And a lot of the guys who prefer working with mechanical systems, they don't like doing the controls and it requires a very high level, like attention to detail and the the dexterity that you mentioned, all this kind of stuff. Women are making excellent controls technicians. And it's right. just it's just kind of funny um, how the trying to figure out where your place is in the world and where where you you know where you belong, uh, people automatically yeah. mix some careers just because they aren't traditionally uh, held by women, and that's just not that's changing. I think it's slowly, but it's changing. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's just getting it out there. You know, the power yeah. of tradespeople and and stuff like that. It's just like let's and it's happening. It's Mm -hmm. happening. We're getting there. It's slowly evolving. And I think people understanding, you know, even from the conversation that we had today, like you can, you can make good money. Mm -hmm. You can do things, you know, it's not, you don't have to settle for that stereotypical college job. You can do something outside of your norm and be really successful at it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's worth bringing up. Um, I've, I mean, I've talked to many, many men in the trades over this uh, last year. And, and to tell you the truth, um, I don't know whether it's surprising or not, but it's certainly notable that most of the men I speak to when we're talking about um, their experience with women in the trade has mm-hmm. always been positive. I mean, oh, I, right. I have yet to run into one individual that is uh, that is a man yet who is um, either concerned about women being in the trade or negative about it. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. some of the points you bring up are, are really good in the sense that they tend to be very open about, well, I'm not, I, I kind of don't think this way naturally. So it's really, I mean, she happens to be really good at this. And, and ultimately, especially if they're members of teams, they seem to gel pretty well and work together. So everyone's been, um, I would say, uh, all the men I've talked to have been very proactive about like, let's mm-hmm. get more women in the trades. Mm-hmm. This is great, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's a recruiting aspect too, is that, you know, if you have men, even in Home Depot, you know, I go to the home improvement store all the time. And so people naturally gravitate towards the towards me because I'm a female and I'm buying lumber. And they're like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a remodeling contractor, you know. So nobody has ever been critical of me even in the field. You know, it's surprising. And to be honest, they're like, good for you. Like way to break the mold, way to get out there. And I, I drive a big truck and I show up and people are like, Oh, snap, that's a girl, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I can do just as much. And so it's always been positive. And for the women out there that are in the trades, we're, we're trying what we can to set an example for even young females that are learning these things, you know, maybe coming out of high school, they don't know what to do. You know, they see a, a successful woman in the trade. They're like, wait, I can do that too, you know? And, and it's, it's well received by everybody in the field, you know, men, women, you know, we want, we want to see them, that minority grow into something that's more equal versus being the minority. Hmm. Yeah. It's very, very cool. I was um, recently, so you uh, go ahead, Nicole. Sorry. I was recently on a, uh, on site for a hotel build and there it was a new resort that was going up and the, the project manager, the PM or the general contractor, uh, it was a woman. And 17% of the staff building that hotel were women, which in a yes. traditionally, I know, isn't that fun? Uh, That's I think amazing. traditionally in construction, it's like 2%. And so, yeah, whenever we were walking around that site and it, there was a lot of women building this hotel, I'm still the minority, but pretty, pretty yeah, decent representation. It's better. Yeah, yeah. And there was actually a house. It was a big thing on Instagram. It's called the house that she built. And it was actually built in Utah and they used all female tradespeople from start to finish. And it's absolutely epic to see. And they feature all the women on there doing what they're doing. And they even wrote a children's book about it. Oh, um, that's cool. Oh, it? Yeah, it's the house that she built. And so it just goes through women in the trades. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't hear about that too often, but we're hearing about it more often. Mm-hmm. And those numbers are increasing. Um, and, and we just have to keep keep pushing the narrative and showing women and young females what we're what we're capable of. Yep. And men too. Men and, too. And, and young boys. And boys too. <laughs> yes, for sure. And it's trades, trades in general, you know, it's it's becoming it's the the conversation is there. It's there. It's happening more and more. And it's getting out the podcast, the Instagram, the TikToks, you know, it's it's happening. We just have to keep going because a lot of these people don't realize that they're really missing out on a good life. 
it's a good life. And, uh, yeah, we just have to keep, keep talking about it. Yeah, sure. It's, it's certainly the way it's, it's portrayed in the media, um, for, for decades, as far as just, oh, it's some blue collar gig and yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And as time goes on, luckily the young, the, the, the really young generation seems to be, um, rather savvy kind of picking out authenticity because they've been exposed, I think, ultimately, I imagine on some level with social media to so much baloney that they kind of like are, are better than, than we may have been at one point of going like, Oh, this seems like legitimately real and, and, and interesting and fascinating and something that, you know, that I, that sparks my interest. And, um, and so as time goes on and, and the narrative, as you mentioned, changes, they seem to be more open to the idea of, you know, the, the classic norms being unimportant, you know, right. like let's, let's see where, let's see what directions are available. So mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting yeah. and pretty cool to see. Yes. hundred percent. And I think, you know, it becomes to the point of, you know, even in high school, we always joke about how they took shop away and they took those things away. But we're still given an opportunity here to show these kids on social media, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, you can make a chair. You can do it mm-hmm. on your own. You don't have to have a structured classroom setting to be able to do these things. And, and kids are doing it, you know, and it's great at a younger age where it, I felt like there was a generation where it was just not even present. Whereas now we're getting back into that and we're, we're representing the trades really well. And people, people in the trades are doing amazing things, even electrical work. If you look at a professional electric electrician and just how like pretty the panels are, it's like, oh my God, that's like OCD heaven right there. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's a true skill and, and, and we're showing that and we're exposing all these things. And so, yeah, this generation, I think they're picking up on it and they're seeing what's possible. Yeah, it's nice that you bring up um, how much creativity is really involved, honestly, because I think some, I mean, there are people that are so creative that would have definitely been, um, would have avoided the trades because they were, they were just too functional and, and, and not creative. And there are so many aspects that really are. Like yeah. you say, even electrical work, my brother-in-law is an electrician. He's a master electrician. And like, and I love the phrase, like even electrical work. And I'm just like, like, and I'm, I'm with you on it. I've seen it, how they run the wires and they're like perfectly spaced. And it's just absolutely, yeah. my OCD is just in love with it. Yeah. But also from like, an, that person's good. Yeah. I know but from like an earning potential, I'm pretty sure like my, my sister, so his wife, he bought her a plane. Like they do fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, yes. they, like there's right. there are opportunities. Now he owns his own business and all that as well. Uh, but they're, yeah. 30, you know? Yeah. Um, so opportunity. Yeah, definitely an opportunity everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you if you're willing to open up your mind and do what 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 you love, I think yes. you definitely have yeah. to have a passion for it to keep it going. Otherwise, it becomes monotonous. Um, but once you find that little niche, and to be fair, any little thing in the trades is a niche market. You know, mm-hmm. you could be just good at doing tile and be successful. You could just be good at doing countertops and you can be successful. You know, if there's one part of residential that you love, you could just do that one part and be successful. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to be overwhelmed with absolutely everything. You know, you could find that one thing, electrical, you could just do electrical. So happy. Yes. Yep. You become the expert that everyone says, oh, you got to call this guy. 
Yeah, exactly. Or this gal. Or this gal. (laughs) Yeah. So this, Jessica, that segues us perfectly into into the, into our next uh, question, which is: Listen, anyone out there that is interested in getting this rolling, how would you suggest they start? Where would they go? How do they begin? I think a big part of how to get started, if you're interested in the remodeling field, is anybody that's hardworking, anybody that's willing to show up and learn and grow you could probably reach out to any remodeling contact the highest rated remodeling contractor in your city, tell them you're willing to work and learn. And I, I, if you can work hard and you can show up and you can, you can invest in yourself. I guarantee you, they will hire you on the spot. I guarantee it. We are at a point in the trades where we're, we're, we're losing a generation of knowledge, right? So One of my buddies, he's a 65-year-old drywall contractor, and he's like, I can't find anybody just to share this knowledge with. I've got a lifetime of knowledge. I just need someone that's willing to learn. And, you know, like I said, if you're you're interested in remodeling, interested in drywall, find find the leader in the industry. Tell them that you want to learn, and I guarantee you they'll hire you. And you have to put in the work. You have to be willing to learn. But... You could walk on if somebody contacted me right now, I'd hire him on the spot. Honestly. And I'd pay him a good wage because that's how desperate we are for people that we need to learn, that that want to learn. How cool is that? It's a great point you bring up and, and one that I hope hits home to people that are listening. Um, because sometimes it can be really you can get really apprehensive about doing something new, you know, okay, well, yeah, I'd like to get started. But what if I'm not good at it? Or what if, you know, what if they're really mean to me? And the idea the the fact that you're pointing out, and I've heard this from others as well, that no, 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 we actually are excited to pass this information down. Like, like, like you mentioned, there are individuals who have done this, they've, they've spent years perfecting and getting so good at it and are passionate about it. And the idea that this, for lack of a better term, legacy wouldn't be handed down to someone who right. could, you know, fulfill it is unfortunate. It is. And I think now we live in a, we live in a world where, you know, we are willing to pay. You don't have to make minimum wage. If, if I'm looking for someone that's just starting out, I'll pay you $18, $20 an hour. You have to show up. You have to put in the work. And I'll teach you everything you need to know. There, There's that drive there. You don't have to make $11 an hour. I'll pay you more than that. I'll pay you what you're worth. And talking across the board to all the people we work with, they feel the same way. I'm not going to deprive you of wages just because you haven't been doing this. If you can work hard and you can help produce something magnificent, I'll pay you good money. And in six months, you want to make more money? Guess what? Let's have a conversation. If you if you learn the trade and you grow the knowledge, it's only going to benefit the business owner and themselves. And you can make increasingly good money over the course of time. And one day you can own your own business. You know, you could set your own wages. You can, you know, you could be the one shaking down people, but you have to make that first step. And it's a really uncomfortable phone call. Make the first step and reach out to someone and, yeah, just get the knowledge because the knowledge will get you so far. I love that. Yeah. Every tra- every skilled tradesperson could own their own business. You don't have to if that's not, you know, you know right. that what comes along with entrepreneurship is a different kind of stress when it comes to payroll and taxes and bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff. 
Some people love, some people don't mind that a bit and they love the freedom of owning their own business. Some people don't want to own their own business either way. And right. if you learn a skilled trade and you're an expert at something, you have the option. And that is, that's, that's amazing. Yes, I almost, exactly. I almost called it gorgeous. And I feel like that was maybe, maybe the wrong adjective. Well, was, you, were you were talking about me. Finally, oh, you're really? saying something nice. Sure you claimed that compliment. I don't think I actually <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Sorry, Tiger. Uh, hey, Jessica, thanks. This, the information has been uh, has been great. And uh, and I think it's, you know, it's for lack of a better term, inspiring to people out there to, to know that, hey, that, you know, that there's so many great opportunities out there. Um, if there was anyone who wanted to get in contact with you or, or find your business, how would they uh, get in touch? Um, so you can email us directly at finelineremodeling.com. Um, there's a little contact tab on there where you can reach out. You can tell us a little bit about the project that you're working on. Um, or you can feel free to hit me up on my Instagram. It's remodeling chick. Uh, you can DM me directly. Um, but yeah, just get in contact the phone number. Even if you're interested, it's 512-669. Hit us up. Even if you need a little bit of advice or concerned about where to get started, you know, we're always willing to share that information with anybody that's uh, needing help in remodeling. And if you're watching this video, we'll have all of those link uh, all of those links and um, ads down below in the description of this video, so you can uh, click them directly. Yay! Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, super kind of you to be here, Jessica. Thanks very much. It's a privilege. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jessica. We'll see you all next time, folks.